0: Being a dad is the most important role a man will ever have. You might be a father to your own children. You might be a father to children that are not biologically yours. You might be a father figure for children without a father. But no matter what you are, you are the earthly father they look up to. Hello, I'm Adam, and this is the Dads, God, and Donuts podcast. I am so excited about this week. I've been talking about it for months. But I have a very special guest this week. His name is Kent Evans. And as we started the process of putting the podcast together and talking, we decided we had so much fun together. We're going to make it three podcast episodes. We're going to take some time over the next three weeks to talk about his book, Bring the Hammer, 28 Tools Dads Can Grab from the Book of Nehemiah that he wrote with Eric Ballard. You can. There's a link to it in the podcast notes but it's going to be in three sections. I really had a great time chatting with Kent and I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. So without further ado, let's begin the podcast. Well, welcome to the podcast, everybody. As I've been talking about for the last while, I don't know, last couple of months, I am super, super excited today to have my first guest. I never would have thought that my, my little podcast that could would have a uh, a guest and a published author and an amazing ministry leader. I have Kent Evans, who is the executive director of Manhood Journey. Um, welcome to the show, Kent. Can you, um, tell us about yourself, your family and, um, Manhood Journey or just something to let the listeners know
1: more about you? Yeah, thanks, Adam. And it's a pleasure to be here, man. You're doing great work. We love what you're doing and I'm honored to be able to come on. Uh, my wife, April and I have been married, um, What year are we in 2022 so that would be 27 years wow uh, a little more than 27 years and we have five sons they're ages 22 20 18 11 and 7 and our oldest son alex is married so we've had we got our first girl in the family amazing daughter-in-law gracie and so uh five boys a daughter-in-law and a lovely wife of 27 years and i live in louisville kentucky if that's a little you know kind of bio context for your listener nice nice
0: um yeah, and you also I I found you partially through one your amazing podcast that you do with Lawson Brown called the Father on Purpose podcast. What led you to start podcasting, and what have you learned or enjoyed in the last year that you've been podcasting?
1: Yeah, what led me there was uh, well two things. One, you know, it seems like podcasting is uh, a, a very um, e- not easy, but a very uh, Well-worn way of getting content out. It's a great method. I love the format. It's easy for me to consume them So like, you know podcasting is great just in general, but specifically I've known Lawson about 20 years and uh, Every time he and I get together uh, He lives out of town from me and has for the last decade or so not been near me geographically (laughs) One of us ends up laughing so hard we, we start crying and can't hardly stand it. Like we, we crack each other up. We have a good time together. I love him like a brother. He's a great guy. Um, and I think we're different. You know, I think I'm a little more like arrogant and kind of jerkish and he's a little more laid back, a little more cautious. Uh, and he's got a deep radio voice. I got this weirder voice. And so I think we compliment each other well, but part of it was just, I wanted to hang out with him, uh, as more often. And we love doing the podcast. It's a lot of fun.
0: Oh, uh, it's it's if you haven't a chance to listen to it, check it out. Once again, it's called the Father on Purpose Podcast. And I was telling Kent when we talked the first time that I really enjoy it because it's you can tell that you all are having fun. It's not one of those a lot of times you get a podcast and and Christian guys especially, we think we gotta be so serious and stoic and churchy, <laughs> right. but you guys are having fun and I believe that's what Jesus wants.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know the other thing, Adam, we're ours is aimed at fathers specifically and um, I think fatherhood is hard and is challenging and most dads feel like they're failing and aren't doing a good job. And, you know, I don't, rump, i don't bump into a lot of guys who go, man, I'm just killing this fatherhood thing. I'm crushing it. it's usually the opposite. And so Lawson and I talk a lot about the recipe uh, of our podcast and we want a good, healthy amount of like sprinkling in of humor and fun and, uh, that kind of thing just to give dads a bit of a break, man. Fatherhood can be kind of rough.
0: Yeah, it's that's the theme of our uh, my small group. The Dad's Gods and Donuts. The name of the podcast is the po- the small group we have, and we are that group that you'll see in the corner, just laughing and cracking up. And <laughs> we once were in this place where there was this other group of I know the guys. They're awesome dudes, very nice, very uh, very faithful, great guys. But they were just so stoic and quiet. And I bet you <laughs> we distracted them all the time because you would just hear us rolling and we're just laughing our brains out and we're reading the gospels chronologically so we're reading the bible then we'll discuss it how it relates to fatherhood and then somebody'd have a joke or something we're laughing as we're going through it and it's just i think that's how it's meant to be and especially as guys and it's, it's just fun
1: there's an old billy Joel song where he says we might be laughing a bit too loud but laughing never hurt no one uh and so uh i love the i love that idea and i love i'd love to hang out with your group sometime man if i'm ever in town i want to come oh. laugh with you guys
0: you're always always welcome yeah we um we now meet Mondays. We used to meet in a wigman's. Now we found a nice little house, so we don't distract the world. The neighborhood can hear us laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, what, I, what uh, you wrote a book recently called "Bring Your Hammer: Twenty Eight Tools Dads Can Grab" from the Book of Nehemiah, and you wrote it with a guy named Eric Ballard, and that's that's what we're gonna talk about sort of as the crux of the show. As I got into just deciding what we're going to do with this podcast, I decided we'll probably do it in a couple sessions. So by listening, if, if you love listening to us, you're going to get a couple weeks of this. We're going to chat it up and we're going to talk about three specific chapters, but we'll get to that in a moment. But before we dive in, what led you to write this book with Eric? What was the, the idea, the background and why did you choose Nehemiah?
1: well i remember uh years ago i read a book by a really talented author and pastor named mark batterson actually he lives up near you right and it was called the circle maker and he talked about your reticular activating system and he talked about the part of your brain that causes you to start noticing things that you might have otherwise ignored and so like it's like the red car effect right if you if you go buy a red car all of a sudden you notice red cars all the time and uh that was the first time i ever heard about that part of your brain from mark's book and for me the the metaphor is that's like fatherhood for me. So anytime I'm reading through something, I could be shopping for something at Walmart. I could be you know browsing books on Amazon and I'm always seeing fatherhood in everything that I'm doing for better or for worse, right? It's an occupational hazard in what I'm doing for a living these days. And I read the book of Nehemiah about five or six years ago. Again, I've read it before, but I read it again about five, six years ago. And it seemed to Adam like, every few lines, there was some kind of lesson where I was like, oh shoot, I'm gonna write that down. That's that's a good idea. And I was applying it to my life as a dad. I'm like, oh golly, I should, when I'm presented with a problem, I should probably pray first instead of just trying to solve it. Well, that's what Nehemiah did. So I kept making all these notes and I came up with 40 some odd lessons uh, from the book of Nehemiah that I thought really applied to dads. And then that sat for a while, maybe a year, year and a half, I talked with our board chairman. He goes, oh, that'd make a good book. And so we whittled them down to 28 tools uh, to make the book a bit shorter and to get through it. And then my friend Eric lives in Houston. He's a really great writer. And he's also really funny. Like I enjoy Eric's sense of humor. You know, I went to Eric and I said, hey, man, I got this idea for a book. I want to write about a third or a half of it. You know, would you be willing to write the other half? And we worked it out and he did it. And I'm really happy with how it turned out.
0: Oh, it's I really enjoy reading. It. It's it's so stinking convicting. There's times I'm like, oh man, okay, cool. And it's it's led me, and I'll talk later on about some of the things that I've really just motivated me to increase as a dad. And something you said there that I, I'm curious if it's just me or if it get or or if you have to filter out this distraction. Sometimes I'm sitting in church. And the pastor is giving a great message. And all of a sudden my brain goes to, oh, this is how I can use this in the dad's group. This is how I can use this on the podcast. And then I got to refocus and I got to be like, okay, oh wait, he's speaking right now. It's not my, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be eating right now, not trying to feed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I heard a guy today who was interviewed on another podcast and he he's a pastor. And they were talking about the state of the modern church and what some of the challenges are. And he said, I think one of the challenges is that pastors have forgotten that their number one job as a pastor is the cultivation and nurturing of their own soul Mm -hmm. Uh, that they've got to be you know like in God's Word to be growing they've got to be praying in order to be listening from God not just to like feed it to their congregation or to solve that problem or to you know pray that elder onto the board or pray that person out of the church or whatever they're trying to do they've got to be growing in their own soul as a leader and I think Dude, I do the same thing where I'm, I'm reading in the Bible and I think, oh, shoot, that'd make a great blog post or that'd make a great podcast episode. And so I start taking notes. And for you know it, I'm 20 minutes now. I'm checking emails. I'm looking at like a book on Amazon. I'm checking my social media account. I'm like, what just happened? Like I was, I was having this quiet time. I was reading through God's word and now I've like, you know, bought another Joel Rosenberg book. What just happened?
0: Yes, it's crazy. Uh, so what we're going to do and, and is we're going to go through three chapters. There are chapters that you pointed out, actually, as we were discussing what to do in the podcast. So anybody who wants to doesn't want a spoiler, the book is called Bring Your Hammer, 28 Tools Dads Can Grab from the Book of Nehemiah. You can pause the podcast. Go read the chapters and then come back and listen to the rest. We're going to look uh, – today we're going to start with Chapter 9, and then we're going to look at Chapter 14 and Chapter 22 in the upcoming weeks. And the interesting thing about these three chapters is you didn't write a single one of these chapters. As you you said before, you're like, you know, I'm the jerky one, and my podcast – then Lawson's the, the the funny guy. And I was like, you know what? It's, it's pretty humble to come on to do a podcast and go, I'm not going to do my chapters. I'm going to do the other guy's chapters as well. So that's, I thought that was – that said something about your character, man.
1: Uh, well, I don't know if it does, but what I do know is I really do, uh, I'm honored to have gotten to write the book with Eric and what I did is I did the outline. I knew what I wanted the 28 chapter titles to be for the most part. Um, I wrote four or five and then truly the book sat for a year, uh, in word in word document form with five chapters written for like a year. And I just was not making progress. And so I reached out to Eric and I said, Hey man, can you help me get this unstuck? And so the next 23 chapters, we kind of had like a jump ball and he goes, I'll take those three. I'll take that one. You take that one. Uh, And we divvied it up. And, uh, so coming full circle, Eric's stuff is great. Like he really is. And it's, and it's easier for me to pay him a compliment than pay myself a compliment. Plus if anything doesn't come out right. And this podcast is horrible. I'll just blame Eric it's fine it's, hey fine. clever man clever it's man. his fault
0: uh it'd probably be easier to blame me too you know <laughs> i'm not even oh, published. i
1: can tell you who's not getting blamed kent that's not getting blamed. <laughs> so, i don't care who carries the bag it just won't be me
0: the little dude out in virginia somewhere with the um so uh, what we're gonna do is this week we're gonna start with chapter nine it's called the godly dad risks comfort to pursue calling, and it. I was telling you before the podcast, this works so well with where I was last week, and actually, before we started recording here, I, I showed Kit a video of my skydiving that I, I will have since posted on the, the podcast the podcast Facebook page like I, I promised my audience I would and I haven't done yet, but last week i talked about tandem skydiving how exciting that was and how the risk actually benefited my family since the last recording my daughter has actually told me she wants to jump out of an airplane when she's 18. whereas when we were there she was like freaking out looking up stats on how many people die falling from airplanes mm-hmm. and luckily the number is 0. .0001 or something like that it's nice. a great number that we're, <laughs> we shouldn't drive a car is what she learned um, <laughs> that's what she came out she's like car drive but statistics i'm not gonna tell her how it works out uh, she was petrified, but it was amazing how that risk that I took helped her with fear, led to her having a desire for the new adventure. And it really goes on to a question you pose um, while trying to decide whether to d- take a risk in the book. If a risk only provides a momentarily re- a momentary reward and is only for me, is it worth taking? Mm. That's, that's a great question to have mm. as a man and a, f- a father for us to think about. We can be lone wolves many times. That's where I catch myself. I'm like, I got to do my thing. Do do what I got to do. But now we have to think of others when we have families and kids.
1: Well, and really, um, it comes into sharp focus when we have wives and children, for sure. Even so, I think of another verse, right? Let's skip ahead to the New Testament. First Peter 4.10 talks about the gifts we've been given. And it says, whatever gift you've been given, use it to serve other people. Um, and so so to put it in another way, um, Adam's gifts are for Kent and Kent's gifts are for Adam. I don't, I'm not gifted so I can just use my gift and eat my own cooking. I'm gifted so that I can help other people. And to your point, if we're just taking risks just to be a risk taker, um, that's probably unwise. And I think Eric did a great job of unpacking that. And I love that question. And here's where I think a lot of dads, um, Why this particular chapter is, or this portion of Nehemiah's story is so relevant to dads, because as we're raising our children, especially if it's your oldest child, um, you're going to hit a first time for everything. It's the first time you've ever changed a diaper, first time you've ever held them while they had a fever, first time you've ever, you know, helped them get their bandaged knee and on, on it goes right up to where you start teaching them how to drive and how to date and how to avoid premarital sex or whatever, you know, you, and the challenges get progressively more, um, significant and the impacts of their choices start to become progressively more life defining, right? Very few choices that a two year old can make that will, Alter the rest of their life Um, But there's a whole heck of a lot of choices that a 19 year old can make that will alter (laughs) the rest of their life Um, And so over time Dad's got to get comfortable with this idea of being willing to step in To things they don't fully understand and take some risks with their children And I don't mean just chuck their children off a balcony and hope they land on their feet What I mean is I've got to be willing to risk to step in to difficult conversations. I've got to be willing to risk them not liking me or thinking I'm cool. I could care less what my teenage kids think of me. I could not care less what my teenage kids think of me. I'm their dad. I'm not their friend. And I've got to be willing to risk that sort of stuff, Uh, just like Nehemiah did. He was in this cushy job in the palace. His brother comes and tells him Jerusalem's all broken down. Nehemiah's going to leave the cushy job to go follow what he believes God wants him to do next. And it's super important. Dad's learn that reflex and we get good at it.
0: And that's super tough today. Like you feel there's so many parents that want to be buddy parents and I, I see that a lot with a lot of kids like yeah my best friend's my mom i'm 11. your best friend shouldn't be your mom you should love your mom you should be close to your dad you should that should be if, if your best friend then they're you know my i don't my if, my if my best friend tells me things there's things i'm not gonna do but if my best friend says clean my room I'm not going to clean my room I'm gonna be like come on dude let's hang out and eat some hot dogs and you know go play video games or something and it's it's a it's a almost counter countercultural i don't know if it is counter at this point but you know it's Parents have become more of the buddy parent and there is a friendship of parenting, but there's also a author- authoritative, authoritarian well, part I of think, parenting as well. I think
1: there's a, there's a, there's a progression, right? Where early. Yeah. You got to keep your kid out of traffic. You know, you got to keep them from like drinking, um, you know, poison under the sink, right? You got there's things you gotta do to ensure your children are safe and that they uh, can live. And then as Christians, we're commanded to raise our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. We're commanded to teach our children God's commands. We're commanded to provide instruction. Fathers are commanded not to exasperate their children, but to raise them in the fear and in knowledge of the Lord. And so there's a lot of commands that as parents, we are commanded to do. Um, later we really do get to enjoy them as friends. You know, now I'm getting to the point where my some of my kids are older and I'm in more of the coaching, sort of mentoring, uh, even for my oldest son uh, and his wife. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm their friend. I can be their friend now because we walked through all those other phases when I was doing the hardcore training and the hardcore discipline and the hardcore life instruction that all has to happen before you can really be a friend.
0: Yeah, my my parents almost told me sort of the same thing when I was being a knucklehead. As I got older, they said, you know, we taught you a lot till eighteen. We could we can teach you more, but now you're making your choices. Like you you, yeah. you mentioned, as you got older, it's life changing, and they just said, you know, through those years when you weren't making great choices, we prayed for you and got me here. I guess <laughs> is, is yeah. that. Um, so that, that goes to uh, something I I noticed. Um, one of the ultimate truth really in that chapter that i was talking about last week about my with my skydiving and uh-huh. one of the points i made was that the biggest thing we can do is share jesus one of the uh, something that was written in the book was this full life only comes so a full life that you give up by playing it safe too often not taking a risk but a full life only comes from following jesus and in biblical times and many places today following jesus was a risk but mm. faith is risk and action even in our first world american society where pretty much it's, it's kind of weird to think like I, i'm a teacher and i'm sort of like yeah i'm in the upper you know two percent of world wealth and it's crazy to think but it's risky to say we're christians it's it's kind of crazy to think that like in american society there's times where we just you know it's we think about you know peter got crucified upside down all, all the risks that they have or you know go go walk down the streets of a Middle Eastern country where it's, or that, where it's not safe to be a Christian say, Hey, I believe in Jesus. Oh goodness. But that's, it's a, our risk is different, but there's still a risk. And some dads might not step up because they feel that risk or they feel that pressure that it might not be cool, might not be the cool dad.
1: And sometimes I think Adam risk is often it's like the boogeyman in the corner. We perceive it to be a big risk when it may or may not actually be a big risk, right? So for example, um, if you look around the world at other cultures, there's a lot of places, as you pointed out, where deciding to follow Christ is in fact putting your life at risk. And so some of us in America, we, we use a word like persecution of Christians. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, like I, I get where that word's coming from. Like, I understand why people might feel. You know but what's really happening mostly in america is christians are being like inconvenienced <laughs> they're being, they're <laughs> yeah, being judged or they're being maybe ridiculed right but we're not quite being persecuted when you compare it to what's happening in other parts of the world where it literally is life and death to follow yeah. jesus and so the kinds of risks that we have to take as american dads usually are not the life and limb kinds of risks that we would take if we were in another part of the world but even so right if you're afraid of heights uh 20 feet's just as bad as 200 right if you're going to die either way and so sometimes i think god wants us to take those risks so we can realize on the other side man there really wasn't that big of a risk to begin with uh, i remember when we when i f- went full time into ministry work my income was kind of at at more risk at least it felt that way right where i was making good money as a business guy as an executive in a company and when i was going to go out full time i had to go raise my own you know funding and we're a little non-profit so we go out and you know hustle up our d- donations here and there and try to make ends meet uh, but you know what's funny adam i told a friend of mine who's launching a non-profit about a year ago uh, I told him I said Jeff manhood journey has been going out of business in six months for five years (laughs) and that is not a joke it's like absolutely that's true it's it's August you and I are recording this show in August I have no idea whether we will be in business by February right however God's continued to lay track out in front of our little train and and we've sometimes gone a little faster than the track and gotten you know off in the rocks a little and then we come back and he puts us back on track but he's continued to be faithful and what we find on the other side of taking some of those risks is that um the reward is we not just discover oh we got plenty of money or oh everything goes great but we find out that like god said he will never leave us or forsake us and he is faithful
0: yeah that that's amazing it sort of leads to Another quote from the chapter that I really, I really enjoyed. And the, you should see the chapters when I, I have it on Kindle, and I got like red highlight here, blue highlight here, pink, green. Like I, I'm trying to highlight in sections so I know what I want to talk about here, or what I want to retain from my brain, or when I go back through, see, it says, Before we can ever reach anything God has called us to do, we first have to decide to go. Action is such a part of being a man, a father, a leader. So many of us just sit and wait, like as a site, we sit and wait and think God's going to come and do it for us. He's going to do everything. You know, he's the guy he's, he's the benevolent being that's gonna, you know, puppet us around and, but he did the ultimate for us already. We need to step up and go. We got the spirit in us. It's literally the great commission. And it just sort of, it's, it's, it's a motivating factor. So it sounds exactly like what you were sort of alluding to or leading in right there with manhood journey.
1: You know, uh, I think it was John Wooden, the coach of UCLA back in the 60s and 70s. And he said, don't tell me what you're going to do, show me. And it was one of his great lines, right? He uh-huh. had all these life lessons. He was a great leader, great Christian guy. And uh, he said, don't tell me what you're gonna do, show me. Um, and I, I find that to be um, such a healthy uh, grid to kind of shake things through is, mm-hmm. am I just saying I'm gonna do this thing? Am I just saying? That i'm going to be uh you know a little more serious about managing my family's debt but i'm still you know playing 60 dollars rounds of golf every weekend am i just saying that i'm going to you know not look at that internet pornography anymore but you know what i still keep that one password or that one social media account am i just saying that i'm going to raise and disciple my children but when it comes to like the really tough conversations i tell them oh that's my wife's department um we've got to get to that place where as Christian men, and especially as dads, our kids see us taking those actions. They see us taking those bold steps. Jesus didn't just sit up in heaven and say, yeah, I'm going to come down and save you people. I, no, seriously, tomorrow, next day, I, I'm coming. I'm serious. I'm going to do it. You, I, you count on it. He did it. He did it right. He came yeah. down here. He walked in our shoes. He died that sacrificial death. And I think that's the role model that we all have as men and as dads is Jesus himself. We've got to take that action.
0: It's funny today. We're, we're having the argument in my house about um, keeping our rooms clean and they are cleaning their rooms. So my goal today actually was to clean out the garage, which I'm on the second time of the summer. And it looked like a war zone this morning. And I, at the end, I, I called my kids out as I'm sitting there and I said, Hey, I want you to see something. And I brought them. I said, look what I did. They're like, Whoa. I said, do you know, do you know why I finished this? And they go, uh, well, my son already heard. It. I said, cause I did it. And I did. Do these things, guys, because I want to show you the example. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys, hey, go clean your rooms, but I'm going to live in a pile of dirty laundry and da-da-da-da-da. Uh, I've gotten kind of OCD in my cleaning up stuff as I've gotten older because I just don't want to sit there and look at a pile of stuff. But I gave them that model. I know they're not going to be that perfect. Like, we're God's the greatest model we have for how to be a father, and none of us will live up to that. But I think modeling is the best thing we can do, and he did it
1: for us. Yeah. As as we said, Paul says, um, follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, and I think that's a great line because he's saying, yeah, yeah, follow me. Like I'm going to go, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a good example, but you, you can follow me as long as I'm following Christ. And I think he gives us the out, right? Where he's saying, if I get off track, stop following me. You just keep your eyes focused on Jesus. <clears throat> but that's so important for us as dads is that, We do want to set the example. I remember um, Stephen Kendrick, the filmmaker uh, in the movie, in the fatherhood documentary they released last year called Show Me the Father. Stephen would use this picture where he goes, it's almost like children have a picture of their dad on a pane of glass. And you can kind of see the picture, not great, but it's like it's on a pane of glass, but you can see through it. And what they do is they hold that pane of glass up to God the Father. And they see God through their earthly dad. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, and we are their first picture, representation, or image of what is a father. And the degree to which we walk faithfully and we're setting an example. Not, again, not perfect. We don't got to be perfect. Heck, sometimes when we blow it, that's a great opportunity to come back, apologize, repent, ask for forgiveness. Even that is a great yeah. example of how to blow it and get back on the horse. When we're doing that, we give our kids a good chance of relating to God, the Father, uh, at a very healthy level when they're 18 or 20 and they fly the coop.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Actually, um, after you told me about the movie, I'd heard of it, but the only place I can find is on Star. So I got myself a free uh, – I got a two-month subscription through Amazon Prime for Star, so I could watch the video. And um, I'm watching the movie in segments, and it's, it's pretty awesome. So, and that sort of leads to basically the last little chunk question I have from this chapter. And it's talking about risks. Like we talk about risks, they start at home. They're not the, the risks as a, as a parent. We have to be willing to have those hard conversations. And a lot of people are, are avoiding. Um, there seems to be more and more each day, more and more risk or hard conversations as I grow as a dad. And it's in the world where a lot of times thinking oh the school should handle that the guidance counselor should handle that at school the church oh they can handle all the Jesus conversations but what advice because they should be at home so what advice do you have for dads who look at the world and just want to throw their hands up and facing as the book says difficult questions or bring up tough topics that make us feel awkward when it's easier to pass them off to mom or to school Mm. or to Sunday school teacher
1: man that's like a soapbox where if I get up on that thing, this episode is (laughs) going to get really long. Uh, there's, there's an old Bob Newhart. You can look it up on YouTube. It's hilarious when Bob Newhart was this comedian. If you're too young to know who that is, a lot of your listeners might be too young. He's a very funny comedian back in the sixties, seventies and eighties. And, uh, he had this one gag he did where he was a counselor, like a therapist and people would come in and they would talk for five minutes and he'd go "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, not say anything. And they would get done with all their stuff, and he would say, Okay, uh, I know what to tell you. And they'd say what? And he'd go, Stop it. And that was it. <laughs> and that was it. And then the, the person would look back at him and go, That's it? And he'd go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> and it was just this hilarious gag where that was the only advice he ever gave uh, as a therapist was stop it. And so. There's a little bit of Bob Newhart in me where I want to tell the dads, look, man, if you're delegating the hard conversations to other people, stop it, like knock it off, knock it off. Uh, And here's, there's a whole waterfall of reasons. I won't go into all of them, but I'd say uh, here's a couple. One is, one is um, the primary job for us as dads is to disciple our children in the Lord, not to get them into Harvard, Not to teach them how to change a car tire, not to have them be able to ace the ACT, not to have them be able to do a good job interview. That is not our primary job as a dad. Our primary job as a dad is to disciple our children Mm -hmm. in the Lord. And so if that's your lens, if that's the thing you go, well, if that's my primary job, well, then shoot, man, I want to have conversations with my kids about theology. I want to have conversations with my kids about. Uh, doctrine, uh, sex, drugs, rock and roll, um, you name it. I want to have those conversations. And it doesn't mean I've got to be the only source. One of the other books I wrote years ago was called Wise Guys. It's about how to go find mentors in your life. I want my kids to have lots of brilliant voices in their life, not just my voice. I want them to have men and women speaking in their life. So I'm a huge fan of them having other sources, but I want to be <clears throat> one of the primary sources for conversations about theology doctrine love dating money all the things that are the important important life topics I want to try to anchor them in a biblical worldview and one of the one of the challenges I think that we we dads have perpetuated over the last 30 40 years is <clears throat> is we've perpetuated this challenge that the church or the christian school or our wives should should do all that instructing and we're just you know we're just there to go earn some money or we're there to you know carry a baseball bat around if there's a bump in the night like that's our only job as a dad and i think we just got it backward and satan wants us to have it backward and so you know dad's as lovingly as i can say it right stop it like let's go find our way let's go find our way to being primarily disciple makers in our home. And then if that's our starting point, all this other stuff uh, about, you know, whether they go to this college or that college or who they vote for or whatever, all the other stuff will take care of itself if I'm anchoring them in the truth of God's word. Uh, that's that's at least I think a starting point, uh, Adam. I'd, I'd encourage most dads to to see their role as a disciple maker first and foremost, and let everything else kind of fall in secondarily.
0: Huh. That's, that's amazing. I don't even have to ask the last question. I think it's, it's all there. I love that chapter talking about risks. And next week, we are going to talk about the dadly God intercedes on behalf of his family. So thanks, Kent, for this, this week. And I can't wait to continue the discussion next week.
1: Thanks a lot for having me, Adam. It's been a blast.
0: That was an excellent interview and discussion I got to have with Kent Evans. I had so much fun chatting with him. I, I told him that I would love to have him every week. It was, it was just a great time together. If you haven't had a chance to get his book, check it out. It's called Bring Your Hammer, 28 Tools Dads Can Grab from the Book of Nehemiah. He co-wrote it with Eric Ballard, as he mentioned in there. It was just an amazing time. I hope you also, if you have a chance, listen to his podcast called The Father on Purpose Podcast. It is awesome. It's fun to listen to. And you can also check out his ministry, the manhood journey. All of which you can find online. I'll have links in the in the notes of the podcast as well. But before we go out, let's take let's take a moment to pray. Dear God, thank you for Kent reaching out to join the podcast, to have this conversation. Thank you for the times we got to talk together. Thank you for giving him the gift to be able to speak with men, the gift to be able to share how to be a greater father and just to, just to be an amazing man. Bless all he does in all of his ministries. Help us as dads to be willing to take those risks, to be willing to have those conversations, to be willing to be there for our kids. Thank you for the blessings of our children help us to be our best and to be a light on the hill for you and to share your mission we make those prayers in the name of jesus christ amen as always i want to share with you where i get my feeding where i get fed every week park valley church sermon ministry notes uh, are in the linear notes also if you get a chance you're looking for a good christian shirt check out emmaeus apparel some of the greatest ministry you can do which is people walking by seeing the shirt you got if you enter the code dad gods donuts You'll get 15% off the order. Check them out. I love them. I hope you do too.